I miss you so much. I miss and I love you. It's moments like this where when I go to the scriptures and, I, and there's places I read in there that, that resonate true for me in a way that maybe they never have before. There's a, there's a place in the scriptures where Paul writes to one of the early churches and he says, I miss you. I love you and I miss you. And in fact, when Paul was writing to the church in Philippi, he was writing to him from a distance, locked down, separated from them. And they had been like that for so long that Paul had gotten word about what was happening in the church. Tensions were starting to rise. Frustration was getting high, anxiety, stress. Things that really should have just been little things were becoming big things. And people were starting to get fed up with each other. And they couldn't even get along. Now, I know that doesn't sound anything like what we're doing right now, what we're dealing with. But that part where Paul says, I love you and I miss you, I just want to read that for us this morning. It's Philippians chapter 4, and I'm reading verses 1 through 9. This is what it says. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and miss, who are my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord. Loved ones, I urge Euodia and I urge Sintich to come to an agreement in the Lord. Yes, and I'm also talking to you, loyal friend, to help these women who have struggled together with me in the ministry of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the scroll of life. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say, be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent, if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things. Whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us. And the God of peace be with you. I miss you. Paul missed his people. He knew that they missed each other. And so he said, I love you. I miss you. Stay strong. I want to ask you, if you would, for each other's sake, would you just take a second, stay six feet from them. But if you'll look towards somebody around you and just say, I love you. I miss you. Stay strong. Would you say that to somebody? Holler at somebody. Point them out. I love you. I miss you. Stay strong.
And, and after Paul said that to them and gave them that to say to each other, then he addressed the anxiety in the room. The anxiety in the community. And he said, I have urged you to, to find agreement with each other in the Lord. He didn't say about the Lord. He said in the Lord. That in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, we can find that one mind, that place of unity with each other, even now. I mean, Paul even went so far as to call them out by name. He named some people. And I've been trying to tell these people. Should I back up or be quiet? <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. Sorry about that. Paul even called some people by name and said, I've been trying to get them to get along. And I've thought about that as a pastor of a church. I mean, these people's names are now in the Bible as the people that Paul was trying to tell to find a way to get along and be in agreement with each other. Can you imagine if your pastor stood up in front of you preaching and called some of you by name? And said, y'all need to find a way to get along and be in agreement with each other in the Lord. Your pastor's not going to do that this morning. <laughs> but Paul said to him, listen, these are my co-laborers in the ministry of the gospel. These are the people that I've been working with shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, to spread the good news of the love of Jesus Christ around our world, around our community. And I'm asking you to support them, encourage them, work together to find ways to be in agreement and unity with each other in Christ. It makes me think about the people of our church, specifically the people who serve this church in roles of leadership. Our administrative board is sort of the, the, the leading body, the governing body of the church is going to have a, a meeting this week. Those folks are all going to be together in Zoom. And I just think about all the faces that I see on the screen, used to see around the table, the names of the folks who serve and lead in your church. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to put forward the people that are being nominated to serve next year in leadership. I think about all these folks in your church who are giving of themselves to lead in the ministry of the gospel and to share and to carry this church forward in times like we've not ever known. And Paul said, support these people, encourage them, love them, find ways to come alongside of them and be part of the ministry of the church together. They need it. We need it. You need it. We need each other in ministry. Now, maybe more than ever. And then Paul told them, be glad in the Lord. Again, I say be glad. He, he repeated himself, reiterated, be glad. Some translations say rejoice. Paul said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And I love that word. It's a beautiful word, rejoice. 
Because really at the root of it is joy. Paul is telling them, you have joy. He's not commanding them as much as he's reminding them, you have joy. So rejoice. And the thing I love about the word rejoice is it's joy in the form of a verb. Some of us are back in school. What is a verb? Anybody know what a verb is? It's an action word. Rejoice is joy in action. It's the joy of the Lord in us made evident, expressed, acted on, lived out. Paul said, rejoice. Let your actions be full of joy. Let what you say be full of joy. The joy of the Lord. And then, in what I, I think is an incredibly deep observation by Paul, he says, let your gentleness and how you treat other people be shown, be seen. Paul takes joy, Christian joy, and pairs it with gentleness. And doesn't that make all the sense in the world? That if if you have the joy of the Lord in your heart, it's going to show by how you treat other people, by the gentleness with which you handle others. And that gentleness will be evidence of joy. And come on, we know when we see joy and gentleness and we know when we don't. We know when we're experiencing someone, the joy of the Lord and the gentleness that goes with it. And we know when we don't. And maybe even more to the point, we know when we have the joy and gentleness of Christ in us and how we live. And we know when we don't. You know, one New Testament commentary writer said this about joy, the joy that Paul is writing about. He says, Christian joy is subversive. It overturns threatening situations and frustrates those with selfish plans. Tyrants in every age have feared it because they do not understand its origin. And the origin of Christian joy is Christ, the Lord. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord, just like we just sang about the amazing grace of God that we all have received and experienced gives us deep inside a joy that can become a verb in our lives and be seen and experienced in our gentleness. And that's why Paul told them and tells us the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. God is near. God is here. God is fully at work even now in us and among us. So there's no need to live in that anxious place. You know, we, we taught all three of our children as they've grown up, when we, 
when you get to those moments when you're feeling anxious, when it's feeling overwhelming, when you're getting stressed, just stop and take three or five deep belly breaths. You ever been told that or, or practiced that when things just start to get up and overwhelming to just take a deep breath or two or three or five and let your body exhale and this is what Paul is telling the church is telling us in these moments take some deep spiritual breaths inhale the presence and the joy of the Spirit of God and let that wash over you so that you don't have to be anxious but rather you can make your prayers and your petitions with thanks to God and he says then the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind that God will give you a peace that will transcend what you could ever even expect or understand that is God's gift to you and me now today and in taking those deep breaths of the Spirit of God Then Paul says, all right, church, now here's what we're going to focus on. Do you hear me? Siblings in the faith, church in Shambly today in 2020, which cannot end fast enough for me. But I said that about 2019, so I think we're going to stop saying that. Today, here, now, Paul said, here's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the things that are excellent that are admirable, that are pure and holy, that are worthy of celebrating and praising God for. This is where we are gonna focus. We're not gonna focus on the things that we don't like and we wish were different or they didn't do the way we wanted them to do or we think ought to change or they need to. We're gonna focus on the things that are holy and admirable and full of joy that demonstrate the presence of the living God among us. And Paul said, not only are we going to focus on these things, we're going to practice them. We're going to live them out. As a church, now we're going to do that together and experience the presence of God even now together maybe in ways we never have before, which is one of the things I love about our church is that people are finding ways to be and experience and express the presence of God among us and in our community, even in new ways, because we know that God is still at work. I've actually had the good fortune to have that conversation with several of you. One of them you're going to hear from in just a minute. His name's Chip Zent member of your church, part of the leadership that I was talking about. He's the one who's been leading the effort for us as we prepare to make budgetary plans for next year in our church. How do you budget for 2021? But part of that effort is, is to, for us as a congregation to decide 
and share with the leadership, here's what we intend to give. And Chip's been leading that effort. But I appreciate so much his story of, for himself and his family, how they have seen God at work in Shambly Methodist Church, how they have been drawn into that, have found their fit in their place in what God is doing in our church. And I wanted you to hear it from Chip as well. So Chip, I wanna invite you now if you would come and share that with the church. Do you have some Clorox spray so I can spray the microphone <laughs> off? Thank you. Good morning, everybody. It's such a pleasure to be here. You know, a year ago when I was asked to lead stewardship this year, I thought to myself, I'll figure it out when I get there. That'll be easy. I'll show up in the congregation and say a couple of words and, you know, it'll be on autopilot. Boy, did I not know this year would look like this. So, um, about a month ago, as Eric called me and said, okay, stewardship needs to start, let's ramp it up. I, I started with, well, where, where does it all fit together, right? Where do I fit in the church? Where do I fit in the world? Where does the church fit in the world? And I kept going back to this, find my fit. And so I'm gonna start at the beginning, not, not Adam and Eve, but my beginning of this church. So Betsy and I, my wife Betsy, we joined the church 10 years ago, believe it or not. It was just the two of us. You know, a couple years married, a couple years out of school. You know, and when we were looking for a church, we just wanted to find a family that would accept us in. We could come and go as we please, you know, meet a couple of nice people, hear some church, and then go home. And that was our fit at first, right? But we all love Shambly. We know how it is. It sucks you in, right? And so the fit evolved. We found ourselves more active. We became a part of a Sunday school family, the young adults, which now I don't know what we call ourselves, the kind of not quite middle adults, but we got to grow up. Um, anyways, we, we, we got involved and, and our fit changed, right? Then, then we started to have kids and we had issues with our first son. Betsy's pregnancy did not go well and the church was there for us. You know, we had hospital visits and you guys were always the first ones to come see us. And then when he was born, you were there to see us. And just as life evolved, our fit changed. We fit more and more. And for me personally, the, the idea of stewardship and the idea of giving back to God and to this church, it just, it was so natural right from the beginning. Even when it was just the two of us and you know the number we could give was what it was, it, it just, it was so natural and I never had to second guess it. And then as our fit evolved, our role here evolved, the amount we gave evolved. And, and again, I've never questioned it. So. You know, I'm not going to stand here today and lecture you on numbers or budgets or any of that. I'll save that for next week. I really just want to impress on you to think about your fit, right? There's been messages that are starting to go out. You got an email early this week about the Find My Fit campaign. There's going to be an email that's going to go out later today about an actual assessment, a Find My Fit assessment. Imagine it being the type of thing where you open up a new investment account. And it gives you a series of questions to figure out what's your investment strategy, how risk averse are you? It, it's, it's like that, right? It's anonymous. We're not gonna save your name and what you answered, but I, I want you to use it as a tool to just say, where, where do I fit in the church? What does the church need from me? How do I help us as we go into next year with so many unknowns? And really, am I doing what I need to do, right? And that's really all I like, is you just to think about your fit and, and try out that assessment for me. And there's an option there to just say no. You know, if you don't wanna do it, and you're uncomfortable with it, just click no and submit, just so we know that you saw the message and we can 
mark that down as a communication success. But again, the fit for my family has just been so natural. It's such a blessing to be here and see you guys. And I was about to finish, but just with the music and the weather, I, I'm compelled to sing. So I'm gonna, thank you so much. Get that mic back from you, Chip. Um, we, we probably could do something to arrange for that, Chip, if you wanted to do a little encore performance after we're done. Okay. He, he said no. He, he, Chip mentioned find your fit. Hopefully you saw in that email that you got uh, not only some things about where do we fit in the church when it comes to our giving, but also all the stuff that's coming up in the life of the church, at least through the end of the year. Uh, the, the staff and the leadership of your church that I mentioned have been working tirelessly to come up with good ways that we can continue to express our faith, experience our faith, and be together as we do that. And uh, there's cards on either of the tables as you leave that on the back give you the opportunity to commit to what you're going to give next year. Take that with you if you want a card. If you're not going to do it online, you can take a card. But on the other side, there's also just some information about what's coming up in the rest of the year. And so, so I hope that you'll look for your fit there what it means for you to be an active participant in the life of the church. What it means for you to take some deep spiritual breaths and to rejoice, to let the joy of the Lord be a verb in you, in your life. To give thanks to God to support and encourage each other, particularly the leadership of your church. And in it all, Paul said, the peace of God will be with you. We're gonna sing one more song, but before we do, I wanna ask you if you'd make that a prayer with me. We'll pray for the joy and the gentleness of the spirit of God in us. We'll pray for the peace of God that transcends our understanding to guard our hearts and minds. Oh God, we are your people. This is your church. This is your time. This is your good news, your gospel that you've entrusted to us, that you've invested in us, that we have so freely received. Oh God, fill us with your joy. God, give us your spirit. That we would support and encourage and come alongside of each other, lifting each other up, lifting up our community, lifting you up before everyone. we would all know the joy of the Lord. God, this is our prayer together today, together in the name of Jesus. Amen.